Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. That is so cool that we have a baby here. I hope that baby cries the entire time. No, I'm serious. So, some people, when when they have a little baby and it cries, everybody's like, oh, you know, that, that, why did they bring it? Let me tell you what. If you cannot hear babies and children in church, that place is dead. So thank you for making this a non-dead place today, okay? Grateful for that. Guys, this is Memorial Day. Well, and, and now she's leaving with the baby. I would be, all right. Well, bring it, bring it back. Bring it back later. Um, this is Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we've he- heard twice already uh, why we celebrate this particular day. It is a day to remember. And this morning we're going to be talking about a scripture that that says those very words, remember me, remember me. Today's the day we remember our freedoms and the men and the women that laid down their lives for you and me to be able to peaceably worship this morning and enjoy the other rights of our Constitution and of our nation. These men and women that laid down their lives do not cry out from their graves, remember me. They don't do that. Instead, we should never forget them. They should be remembered for who they were, what they sacrificed, and why we are free this very morning. So I've got a couple of questions for you, and this is not one that you have to answer. You can answer internally, but kind of hang on to your answers for a minute. What are you best known for? What are you best known for? I'm going to share with you a couple of things that uh, I know about you all, and some of y'all are going to feel like, oh, no, he's going to talk about me. I need to duck. I know that Paul is, is, is a veterinarian. Don, I know you're a veterinarian. Um, I know Dennis, you're an educator. Um, I know, I know Al Blue, the best, the best gardener in Grimes County, the best, and he can even train people that kill vegetables to be able to grow them. Lair, uh, my friend Randy, uh, Randy is is an accomplished musician, an accomplished guitarist, one of the best I've ever heard. You may be known for something, but there are other things that you might not think you're known for. I was in the baptistry a few minutes ago, and Alyssa and I were up there, and we, if, if you get baptized here, you can actually see everybody at the bottom of that, of that, that uh, screen. You can bend down there and see everybody. And a few people know this, and they wave back at you, but we're looking. I got to tell you something that I know that I, I, I get to know somebody for this morning. And uh, Heron, you and Paul had your girls, and they walked across over here, and they were over there with Ms. Poole. And each one of them went over there and hugged Ms. Poole. Every one of them. They went over there, gave them a big hug. And I was th- sitting there going, you know, if I cannot think of anything else that they're known for at their young age, I'm going to remember that they hugged somebody 
that was delighted that a little girl would come hug them at that time. It was one of the neatest things I've seen in a long time here at our church. What are you known for? Is there something in your life that others will look back at you and say, he sure could do this or she sure was this? What is that thing that distinguishes you from the other 7 billion people that are on planet Earth? Now, while you're trying to chew and formulate the answer, here's another one for, for you. What do you do really well? Now, there are two different things. What are you known for and what do you do well? Maybe start at this very thing. What is it that you have talents or gifts or abilities in? Understand that these gifts are from God, but they're not necessarily the spiritual gifts that we read about in 1 Corinthians 13 or 14. These may be abilities that you gain from life and experience, from teachers and from friends, and from the Lord who knew that you would need them at this point in your life. I want you to think about these things that you do well and hold on to them for the next few minutes because we're going to kick back to them. The past few Sundays, I've asked, we've had a picture up here, and I've asked, do you know this person? So this one's going to be a little more difficult. Do you know this guy? Do you know who he is? You ought to. This man's name is George White McDaniel. George White McDaniel was born and raised in a little tiny farm a few miles just southeast of where we are seated today. He grew up in Grimes County. And George White McDaniel went to the First Baptist Church. His mother was an original charter member of this church, which started in 1860. <clears throat> he became a believer at the age of 11. And he was baptized here at First Baptist, not in this sanctuary, not even in the sanctuary that is over in our children's area, although he worshipped in that sanctuary. He ended up going to the Belton College at 14 years old, and he graduated from Baylor University at 18. He was brilliant. Now, also, Baylor lets people... Well, never mind. I won't go there. <clears throat> I want, Sorry, Sharon. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. He graduated, and he was an absolute savant as far as knowledge. He ended up going to the Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and took his master's in theology and eventually a doctorate in, the, in, in theology as well. He ended up pastoring the First Baptist Church in Temple, Texas, Gaston Avenue Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and then he became the lifelong pastor of the First Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia. Now, why is this guy important? Well, he was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, a little kid that grew up in this church was a president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And in 1925, Baptists decided that they wanted to go ahead and put together what their beliefs were what they really truly believed in and, and kind of formulate that in a document. It's called the Baptist Faith and Message. And in 1925, McDaniel helped consult, virtually two years before he died, 
helped to consult to put that document together to formulate what people believe. And guys, listen. What Baptists believe is not important. Look at me. What Baptists believe doesn't matter at all. What God says we are to believe matters over everything. We believe in Jesus Christ, that He died on a cross 2,000 years ago to pay for your sin and mine. And this particular man wrote those words that we have in the 1925 Baptist Faith and Message. Why is this so important now? Because when you think of, of this particular man, who you had no idea grew up in this particular church, I want you to know this is what he's remembered for. All good things. All good things. But the most important thing that we can remember about George White McDaniel is that he knew Jesus Christ and let his life be used by God until his final breath. We're going to look in the scripture this morning where the writer of Psalm 106 cries out to God and says those very words, Lord, remember me. And when he does that, I want you and me to read this and understand that God knows us, loves us, and remembers us. Stand together. We're going to read God's Word. I'm going to invite you to read it out loud with me. Read with me. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare His praise? Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving you praise. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. So I've got a question for you. This is yes, this is no, this is I'm falling asleep. Will God remember you? Will God remember you? you. This is yes, this is no. This is I have no idea, and you know the other one. Will he remember you? Well, the Bible says specifically, every single person that has ever drawn breath in the entire world, God knows. He knows you. He was there when you were created. And oh, by the way, it's really interesting. It says he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. That's how much God knows all about you. He knows you. You're coming and you're going. Your desires and your fears, your hopes, your dreams, your hurts, all of your joys. He knows where you have been and what you have done, who you are, and when, who you are when no one else is around you. The Bible says that He redeemed you. This is a word that that we shared just a minute ago. Joanna also shared this as well. The word redeemed also means buying a person back. Now look, 
The Bible says that you were created in God's image, imagio Dei, that, that idea that He created you like Him, okay? Everybody agree with that? You're created like God. But when you and I sin, what happens is there becomes a barrier between you and God. And that sin barrier is one that we can't climb over, dig under, go around. There's no way we can penetrate that. It is immovable and it cannot be supplanted by you and me. Buying you and me back means that God has to give a sacrifice for sin. And the Bible's pretty clear about what sacrifice of sin is. The Bible says that sin leads to death. It leads to a thing called thanatos in Greek. Thanatos is dead, dead. It is, it's an amazing word. It means dead, dead. It means you die physically and you die spiritually. And it, it is not nihilism. Guys, listen to me. You are a spiritual creature having a human experience. You are not a human having spiritual experiences. You are a spiritual being that is having a human experience. And you are an eternal being. You're going to live forever, not in this thing that keeps wearing out, not in this body that is going to change from, from a little girl like Alyssa to an old man like, like an old man. <clears throat> You're going to change, but the spiritual part of you is unchangeable except by God. He can change you. And the Bible says that we will spend an eternity in one place or another and sin in our lives that is not paid for. The Bible says that sin provides a barrier that I cannot get to God and only He can get to you and me. And how did He do that? He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for your sin and mine. That ended up paying for the death that my sin created. Sin means death, and somebody's got to pay. And God loved you enough that He sent the payment in advance in the form of Jesus Christ. That's what it means that He bought you back. When you read that word in Scripture, you hear a preacher, anybody else say the word redeemed. When you, when you sing a song that has the word redeemed, you think, I was bought back. God bought you back. He bought you back. Every one of us here today and everyone you will ever see in your life has fallen short of the glory of God and God sent His Son to pay the penalty for your sin. He knew what you needed and He provided for that need. You know, the real question about Psalm 106 in those five short verses we read just a moment ago, especially when the psalmist gets to that part where he says, Lord, remember me. Remember me when this happens. And he gives three things that will happen when God remembers you. One after another. Remember me. So that I will be able to be in the nation, in, in blessed by the nation that, is, that belongs to you. So that I will receive the inheritance. All of these things that point back at the writer of the psalm. And then all of a sudden, when you get to verse 5 and 6, he stops and he goes, wait a minute. There's the problem of my sin. You see, when you go ahead and ask God to remember you, He already knows you. And He knows everything about you. 
all of the good and all of the bad. The real issue that the writer of Psalm 106 deals with for the remainder of that chapter and the remainder of that psalm is this. God, will I remember you? The rest of my life, will I keep doing the things I'm doing right now or will I remember you? You and I need to ask that question. Will you remember God? You see, this is the real question that the psalmist writes. He asks God to remember him and then is confronted by the sin in his life that God is all too aware of. What do you do when you're confronted with your own sin? What happens in your life when your own sin confronts you? When you face the consequences of actions that you've taken? Do you do like Adam and Eve and run from it? Or do you go to God and confess and repent? You see, those are really the only two choices that we have. We have a lot of folks that we see in culture that are track athletes, Olympic-quality track athletes that have been running from God and running from the consequences of their sin the entirety of their life. It, is not, it does not matter how old you are. You're not running a physical race necessarily. You're running a spiritual race, and you're running away from God. The Bible says that you and I are to draw near to God. Draw near to Him. Why? Because when we're confronted by our sin, He's the only one that can break down that wall and that barrier that is between you and me and Him. That sin that we can't handle, God handled on the cross when Jesus died. That's the payment. And that's the way that we can remember God. You see, you know Him. He's the one that never fails you, that never gives up on you, that doesn't reject you when you feel rejected by everyone else. That is the God that calls you and me to forgiveness and to Himself. And that is the only God that is worthy of all of our worship. Just as we shared a few minutes ago, if God will remember you, these are the three things that happen when we remember God. We remember that he is that what he has done to buy you back he knows where you have been knows what you've done and chose to buy you back he has also done those things when we remember god we remember what he has done for us for you and me and we remember him we also remember that he was he is he is the one who knows you and me when no one else is looking, when no one else is, is particularly focused on us, God is. He remembers you and me. He knows you and me. And when we remember Him, and we know Him, and we draw near to Him, we discover the things that He has done for us that we normally just pass over or we listen to a preacher talk about but it never affects any of us in our actual life that we live outside of church. You know, a few minutes ago, Natalie was up here and she said, I want you to go ahead and pray that God will ask if you should be a part of Vacation Bible School. Now, this is not the pastor going ahead and getting behind Vacation Bible School. I'm all for it. It's a wonderful week. You will end up being able to work yourself 
to death between 9 o'clock and 12 o'clock. God will provide you the energy. But here's the deal, folks. We see all these little boys and girls that come up on stage for children's church that go off with somebody and all the parents are out there going, yes, an hour to myself. Here's the deal. It is not a chore to have to work with those kids. It is God's opportunity and privilege to let you be a part of their lives. A few minutes ago, we were in the baptistry. Liz and I were in the baptistry. And one of our, one of our choir members, Gordon, who works with our kids on, on Wednesday night, Gordon is the scripture guy. Gordon's the guy that always goes up to kids, all of the kids on Wednesday nights, and he'll say, hey, do you know this scripture? And he'll kind of pound it, and he talks to them about, about faith in Christ. And if they learn the scriptures, he actually gives them a $1, a $1 coin. We have a stack of them. And he will give them these things. And some of you parents have seen these kids coming home with coins and going, where did you get that? Oh, my gosh, you got it at church. You didn't do something wrong, did you? No, they didn't. They recited scripture. And so I looked at Alyssa. I said, do you know who that guy is? Because he was waving at, at, at Alyssa and me. And, and she said, yeah, I know him. He kind of deadpan. Yeah, I know him. Guys, he, he has the privilege, not by the church's sanction, but by God's alone, to work with kids to talk to them about Jesus. Vacation Bible School is God's privilege for you to be known as something other than a great guitarist a veterinarian, an educator, or whatever it is that you do well that you've hung on to since the first part of this sermon. What is it that you do well? Can it be used for God? So that when you cry out to God, remember me, He will say to you, I've known you since before you were created. And so you can remember Him and be used by Him in the lives of little boys and girls and more importantly, in the lives of everybody else that you meet. got one more thing for you this morning for you to look at. This is a plaque that was commissioned by this church in the Texas State Historical Society to commemorate, matter of fact, it's right out here in our church living room, right out here in the hallway. And the plaque talks about that guy that we showed you the picture of earlier, George White McDaniel. It's interesting what's on there. Before you leave today, I want you to go over there and read it. Not because I love history only, but because is it more important that you have a plaque in a church that says you are a somebody? Or is it more important that you have your name written in the book of life that will one day be split open and that Jesus Christ Himself will say, George White McDaniel, and your name right afterwards? Which is more important? That's certainly important to know about somebody that has a great heritage of being used by God. But what you're remembered for is what God already knows. Don't forget Him. Let's pray.
Father, as you have remembered us today, I pray, Father, we will not forget you. Not just today because it's easy and it's church, but Father, because this is also the time where we have the opportunity to let you speak to our hearts and call our name and draw us to you as we draw near to you as well. Father, take away the sin barrier. Do that by what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. Draw us to you so that when we cry out in the middle of the night in the midst of a pain or a hurt that we haven't shared with anyone else, we can say these words, Remember me, Lord, when I... And then we fill in the blank. God, help us to know that you have never forgotten us. You remember our our face and you have our forever wrapped up in your Son, Jesus. Father, I believe there's some here today that need for the very first time to say, I want that in my life. I want to do like Alyssa and Brian did and make that confession of faith and come to you by faith to know my eternity is forever and settled in you. Father, I do believe that there's some folks here that would say, this is the place I need to plant my life. I need to become a member of this church. Not so that we can get more members, but Father, because this is the place that you've set aside for us to do the work until the day that we see you face to face. Father, in the next few minutes, you draw men and women and boys and girls to you for your glory and yours only. And we will give you thanks to be able to see and participate in that great work. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Stand together, church. This is that time in our worship that if God is speaking to you about a decision that needs to be made, I'll be here at at our altar area. But God's calling you to go ahead and say, this is the day I give my life to Christ. This is the day my family comes to this place to plug in. Then I'd love to pray with you. During this song, as God leads, you come.